1: It's time to spill the tea with the Brew Crew.
0: (laughs) So much energy.
1: (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Event Brew. Today's date is Friday, May 29th. And I am here with two, again, of my favorite US hosts. First, this is Tui Deep, this free agent. (laughs) Free agent.
0: And this is Will Kern from Endless Events. I'm not going to sing. This is Nick Borelli from Borelli Strategies in Cleveland, Ohio. And
1: what are we all drinking today?
0: Today, another David Rio, but this time,
2: sipping that green tea variant, which uh, uh, honestly is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm drinking Diet Mountain Dew, which also has a greenness to it. Ooh. all right keep the green theme green theme. i mean like
2: nick's uh i uh expir- uh like uh by the way membership to the green team 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 tea. wow expired at the end of that episode we didn't accept him back by the way Tui, what are you drinking
1: <laughs> i'm drinking evolution organic defense up it has orange pineapple mango and
2: apples in it and uh jalapeno peppers
1: No, cold pressed fruit juice for life. And it's so funny because my definition of green, like green drinks and Nick's definition of green drinks are completely different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, mine's food coloring based and yours is uh, a little bit more holistic. So that's good.
1: (laughs) All right. So today we have a juicy topic. I feel like we, we honestly just talked about everything we're going to talk about here. And I'm really excited hearing everyone's feedback. But Bish Bash put out an article on the 27th, and it's how venues across the country are working towards GBAC, G-B-A-C, Star Accreditation. So let's just dive deep into that. First off, what the hell is GBAC Star? Nick,
2: Nick, when I shared this article, you had sound like you had heard of it before. So you want to explain what GBAC is?
0: Yeah. uh, The idea is that it's uh, a compliance uh, and guidelines for uh, standards of cleanliness. Uh, and, and honestly, people in hospitality, they have a number of the, these types of things, especially organizations that are in charge of F and B. Uh, so th- they're, they're more equipped, I think, than most people in the events industry to be like compliant with different cert- levels of certification. Like they, there's often certification, uh, uh, chiefs, you know, in, in these types of organizations. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm luckily confident that, uh, one more will, will not break them. Um, but the idea is it, it kind of establishes and maintains uh, cleaning, disinfecting uh, and, and disease prevention programs. Uh, and it's, uh, it's just something to ensure a little bit more confidence in the proper cleaning and disinfecting of, uh, uh, of venues. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we talked about this a little bit in, in the previous episode, but like the idea that there is so much justifiable, you know, uh, a fear that is surrounding a lot of what's taken place in 2020, that um, the only way to build to fight fear head on is through uh, some levels of trust and. Um, and uh, trust really is is built upon a foundation of credible uh, credibility. Uh, that's why when we talked previously about the CDC guidelines, um, it's nice that we you know as an as a, uh, an industry had something. I mean, nice is tough, right? When you're talking about all this stuff, but it's nice that it was not an independent third party for profit organization saying like these are these are some really you know you know things that you can do for us to make some money for you to get a little sticker. But it was actually the CDC, right? Like. They They don't have a fly-by-night scheme in in their DNA. Um, And uh, so as a basis for a lot of um, what's been going on in the eye of the storm, like the the WHO and CDC have been like the thing that everyone's been focused on. I think moving forward, though, you're going to start to see a lot of for-profit enterprises come in and offer varying, you know, labeling. You know, there's going to be an association play. Uh, there's going to be all these different things, right? Of like one association's gonna say these are the guidelines and another association's gonna say this one and there's gonna be commercial enterprises that are gonna come in and say, like this is the better one, and there's gonna be marketing money put into saying, you know, which is better. And that's I mean, it's a free market, so it's just a natural thing. But uh, I I feel kind of, uh, you know, despondent about that because uh, I I felt like we've, uh, as an industry, have dealt with so many different versions of accreditation before. Like, my guard's way up. And in this way, when people can get hurt, I'm even more squeamish about it. But this one, at least... Um you know, is uh, one that has been adopted by some larger organizations, uh, including uh, national chains of uh, venues as well as some uh, major sporting uh, leagues. So at the very least, it it comes with the credibility that, you know that that hopefully will instill trust to fight this in this way. But like again, my, my fear is is when when there starts to be competition for things like this, we're all going to lose.
2: I think what's interesting, too, about this is the name of the associate, the not the association, but the, whatever, the the group that puts on the star accreditation for this, and it's the Global BioRisk Advisory Council. Like, if someone said that to me, like, hey, get your certification from the Global BioRisk Advisory Council, I'd be like – uh, like what is have. this like 27 days later like yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's not needed but like now that's totally acceptable now but if, for those who don't like really understand kind of like how this works think about the lead certification L-E-E-D certification which is designed to how sustainable is a building with uh platinum i think being the highest which means that like basically you ha- you're basically like growing in the earth inside of your event at that point uh, in
1: vegas like aria and Vidara. oh really yep yeah, there yeah. Oh. I think it's I always thought it was three stars. I don't know. I don't really know. But they have the yeah, highest I, one.
2: Because I think it's um bronze, silver, or no, maybe it's gold is the top. Yeah, I'm one of the two, but it's funny that this is just totally no like the article notes it as well. But like no one cares about lead status anymore, but more is more focused on now this bio-risk thing. Um but yeah, it's like a certification that venues get to be able to say we're cleaning properly. So, for example, on their website, it says, establish and maintain cleaning and disinfection and infectious disease prevention program to minimize the association with agents, agents like COVID. Uh, the proper cleaning protocols, disinfected techniques, and work practices to combat biohazards and infectious disease. Highly certified cleaning professionals who are trained to, on outbreak of infectious disease and in preparation. I think, though, as well, the one thing that's missing on this is sure, you're keeping your building clean, but what is the venue doing? To prevent that transmission beyond just cleaning surfaces and things like that, as well. It's like we're probably going to see like, co- like what, like bio risk event certification. Do you know how to create an event that doesn't transmit bio diseases? I don't know. But I agree, like what you say, Nick. Like it, there's going to be so much stuff that's going to pop up. And I mean, this kind of this
0: certification comes from, uh, at, at the parent level the issa uh, which is the kind of like global cleaning association uh so like this is literally the certific- certification and standards for uh different levels of of cleanliness in in commercial uh and and uh i guess otherwise enterprises Uh, so like, and they have like a cleaning industry management standards, uh, they have tons of different certifications. Uh, they have a cleaning, cleaning management Institute, uh, which trains like custodial, uh, and, uh, organ, you know, groups like that. Uh, they have, uh, just tons and tons of certifications, so uh, at the very least it 's like a, a an organization that 's been around for quite some time that has like nine or ten thousand uh distributor members and uh exists in headquarters uh in both the, in u s germany canada australia seoul uh china Shanghai. i mean so like there it's a it's a fairly large institution that's been around for quite some time so again like i i'm weary of like the fly by nights right like that's the part where i'm a little scared um but ultimately i think that like we especially coming out of a pandemic like we can do uh the most amount of good, I think, by uh focusing on uh, uh like a bare minimum universally understood standards. And then down the line when things are a little less hairy, I think we can get into like, you know, again, capitalism and uh competing, you know, ways to look at this stuff. But like right now, I want I want an authority. And like in in these times, we've had two different with WHO and the, the CDC, we've had two different authorities to kind of like hang our hats on. Like you literally You know, there's not a governor that doesn't have a conversation that they don't mention those things. Um, I think our industry is going to have to be really smart as far as where it hangs its hat and where it focuses on uh, because it just has a history of uh, fractured. Ideas and and ways to look at things where then disinformation will come in and you know one set of standards will be you know less than the other so it's easier to obtain and cheaper so then they'll go to you know like that's just what happens and I've seen that when it comes to like various green certifications where um, you know there was a lot of competing versions of that um, you know I saw like in the early two thousands when that started to come into play especially with the restaurants and coffee and a few other things uh, where uh, there was a lot of, um, I guess, like originally it was kind of like this more trade associated, like, uh, around like supply chain, uh, for like the green certifications. And then it was like, it was like all encompassing. And then it started becoming like really nichey. Uh, and then it, people's just stopped having faith in it. And when they stopped having faith in it, it stopped having value. And when it stopped having value, then people were less likely to get it. And then I think there's probably a negative knock on effect. Um, So I'm just, I I hope whatever we all kind of decide on is really, you know, rock solid.
1: See, we just talked about this because the CDC, you know, mass gatherings, 250 right now. Well, you'll, you'll like this. The two convention centers that are dedicated to doing this is the Phoenix and the Los Angeles. (laughs) But the thing is, it's like, when are those going to be? use because those are really big venues.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think about these venues, probably nothing to do right now. So they're like, we got to do anything to get someone to do having a venue here. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of smart on a marketing play too. I mean, like, honestly, if someone came out and said, Hey, um, here's this, oh, well, I mean, just look at any certification, right? We've talked about certifications on this podcast before, right? Like that, like you do it because you want to like, look like, you know what you're talking about and establish credibility, right? Same concept goes for venues too. They're just trying to drive business in the door especially when nothing's happening so the second doors reopen if it comes down to choosing between three venues and one of them is g back star accredited you're probably going to choose that one it's a tipping point to push over right
0: yeah i i i get why they did it um and i get you know and it makes a lot of sense for them to do that because they have the resources to do it and they have the most to lose but i take to his point where it's it's actually like they're they're probably the wrong people to get to rush to it uh yeah the, like where's, where's the all the small good? venues yeah like
1: those are going to be the yeah, ones uh, opening up point. first where's yeah yeah museum? true
2: yeah like even, folks on small even, venues first yeah
1: yeah even like museums are opening up first you know like where's the i don't i feel like it should those... be like
0: churches and like other organizations that probably will open up f- quickest and have like you know like and honestly probably have like less resources but like i'm thinking of like uh, areas where like, yeah, like libraries and museums and things like that, which, you know, I think will probably open up sooner. Um, and I think that's more of a failing of maybe the certification people or, uh, then it is the venues. Like I understand like Arizona and LA, like, yeah, like do what you gotta do. Like you're smart. You have the money. Like now's the time you have, you know, you have the time go do that. But like for the public good, um, in the short term, uh, where things are, you know, like a little hairy right now, I would say, um, you know, someone needs to be considering um, what it takes to help maybe finance or give people time or whatever it takes to these smaller venues because like they're going to open up first and they're going to set the tone for the the industry. So like if a, a small event in a small venue has a very loud, uh, bad reaction because they don't, you know, have things like that, that, Phoenix based um, what do you call it, convention center will feel it too, right? Because like they'll there will the public will have less faith in gatherings and like it'll have a knock on effect eventually to get to them. So like if I'm a convention center, I'm like also maybe thinking a little bit more regionally as far as like what I can do to help um, you know, maybe some of the smaller venues who are going to be my uh, who are going to you know, be the bad apple in the cart potentially that that ruins what will eventually be an economic uh, problem for my larger group. You just have to think a lot bigger than yourself, I think, at this point. Like it's not just capitalism saying like dog eat dog, get, you know, who, who has the money and the time should get the certifications uh, as a marketing thing. Like that's how the green thing has sort of worked on, on kind of like not mandatory, but like as an economic way to uh, differentiate yourself in the market it's all one marketplace right now, right? Like we're all one group, like we're, uh, you know, someone sick in your area can make a big difference for months down the line for everyone. So I think that we need to figure out a way to put things aside and uh, and figure out what does the most good for the community versus our organizations. And to me, that's like, how do we, you know, maybe figure out a way to uh, get these smaller places, which are gonna open up sooner, uh, how we get them on board with some of this stuff before the people with the means well, here's a list
1: of people that can – or, you know, venues and facilities, so, so organizations that can do it. So stadiums and arenas, convention centers, retail spaces, commer- commercial offices, daycares, athletic and fitness clubs – those aren't really coming back <laughs> – schools, assisted care facilities, like vets, restaurants around here, hotels, spas. Does it cost – oh, trains, planes, like auto, church, and religious buildings – Oh, there, it keeps going. Grocery stores, doctors, blah, blah, blah. It's
2: like Does anything it with building.
1: Does it cost yeah. money? Oh
2: yeah. oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it's Well, there's an application process, it looks like. So you got to guess it's catching money because it's funded by an association. So, like, the association is not going to do this for free. But also what's interesting about this, though, is also, uh, I mean, I'm, like, hopefully GBAC doesn't, like, hate us for saying this, but, like, I, I clicked on the three case studies that they have at the bottom, which are, like, here's the people who've got it. None of them have had it pre-May 2020 I mean it makes sense right no one gave a shit about bio risk until this happened but like that's mind-blowing how fast now it's spinning up and then I'm sure you'll see on here like right they got Hyatt so far the the Hard Rock Stadium and Miami Dolphins Stadium is that the actual name of the stadium Miami Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium um and then also the entire Visit Dallas uh CVB also got it as well.
0: That's smart, actually, for a CVB to get. That's really smart. Uh, they can inform members about things, and uh, ultimately, like, it's going to fall on them to uh, promote their city in the marketplace as being someone who understands uh, what is safe and what isn't, so they, they're in a position. Can they
1: get it, though? Or does their the venues within their
2: destination... I, I don't think their venues it. count towards it, but they can say like, visit Dallas is focused on
0: safety, yeah. so we got that. Okay. Yeah. There's probably there's probably twofold. I think there's like like there is with a lot of these certifications. There's like an educational certification, and then there's a uh, upkeep and maintenance certification. So like Green Restaurant Association, I think that you can you can be trained on it as a person uh, in order to be a compliant person that understands the program and understands the guidelines. And then there's also your building can be. You know, uh, you know certified uh, and then you have to keep up with that and it ramps up like most of these things too I'm not I'm not sure about this one exactly because I haven't done in that deep yet but most of these things they try to make it so it's approachable for uh, venues to uh, get into it which means it's not pass fail it's actually um, set up to be for your first year or whatever the period of time is to be kind of possible for you to do some compliance now again this is usually when there's like a lot of money to be spent on like switching over light bulbs and energy efficient and things like that. But basically it's like a point scale uh, where uh, your venue has to uh, get at a certain point scale in the first year and then you have to kind of like commit to over time, like ramping up those points in order to, uh, you know, maintain your uh, certification. I don't know if that's the case with this one because this seems a little bit more pass fail than, um, you know, making green initiatives and carbon, you know, less carbon footprint, that kind of thing. Uh, and again, it's very cost prohibitive for like some of the green ones uh, to say to a venue, you know, you have to do everything at the maximum green, uh, you know, right out of the gate in order to get this certification. Like it's it's like a barrier. So they make it so it, it the, the ramp up is kind of like natural, um, but because uh, I've gone through that a couple times with some venues like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a few other ones. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping everyone gets it, right? Like, I think – I hope they reach out this association. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah, to our association. I just
1: forwarded the link to some venue, you know, supplier partners that I know.
0: Yeah. I I think, honestly, like the PCMAs and MPIs and uh, venue – what do you call it? Uh, associations like I think that they all need to reach out and make a connection with these people so they have a, an understanding of like kind of the nuances of temporary event spaces versus like things that they're used to do, looking at, which is like things like um, office buildings and, and you know, more permanent structures even convention centers like is more analogous. But like imagine like tenting. Or, uh, you know, some outdoor festival type things, right? Like the things that we as, as event planners put together aren't necessarily brick and mortar uh, completely. Even if it is an, a, a, a space, there's sometimes yeah, adjacent agree. Yeah, I think we, there needs to be dialogue because there is some things that are a little bit quirky about what we do that are different than your typical uh, shopping malls and things like that.
1: That would be really cool if everyone from all the associations and all the segments of our like market got together and did what um what the event forum like kind of like yeah. a, that kind of version but do it mm-hmm. specifically for topics like this
0: yeah. yeah yeah that'd be interesting Someone- like a, a meeting a, a clean meetings uh, advisory board or something like that um with with some kind of like think tank um collective that takes place. I think that would be that'd be pretty cool actually. It would make a lot of sense. Uh, I think we need right? it.
1: Right. And just grab everyone from different yeah, backgrounds and just put them in a room. Do brainstorming sessions. Well, not really, but not actually in a room, Yeah,
2: virtually. Put them in that. a Zoom room.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think that that's actually really smart. I mean, again, I would have represented, you know, someone who is uh, representative and has access to and influences uh, the wedding world as well as the trade show world and the conference world and the festival world and the fairs and, uh, you know, go on. Sorry.
1: I was going to say, can the brew crew moderate it? <laughs> yeah, imagine? I think,
0: you know, I think for, Talk them, to do more it, shit. for them to do it responsibly, <laughs> I think they'd have to have us do it. I think that's really the only, no, I don't know. Uh, happy to be <laughs> around. Definitely around, not around event around.
1: icons. Those people are crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn.
2: <laughs> for those who don't know it, like uh, there's a subtle rivalry between all the different podcasts. So Is um, there? Uh, yeah, feel free to, yeah, it's a very subtle lot, rivalry.
0: Hmm. I, I fairly, fl- Nick's not aware of it. I float around, <laughs> so maybe I don't. Uh... That's true, Nick. You've been on all of them. So yeah. he's like,
1: I like them all. And they- like, no, I was on event icons.
0: I guess.
2: Yeah, you're on event icons. Yeah.
1: yeah well, so- Event Tech hates you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. No, I'm just kidding. All right, back on topic.
0: Yeah, so like uh, I think, again, it's one of those things where, um, like I was saying, as far as like, uh, you know, getting the competition and putting that to the side and, you know, figuring out on a community level what, you know, uh, uh, CVBs and and convention centers and things like that can do as leaders of their community for gatherings. I think that they could bring a lot of people together at the at the regional level, uh, you know, to uh, again, because I. Really, could foresee a small venue with, you know, um, not as many resources, like really having an economic impact on a convention center. And I think the same goes for uh, associations. Like, I think our, our our live events associations need to get involved with uh, ISSA. Uh, um, I see an I and S uh, in a uh, an acronym for an association. I get nervous all of a sudden. Uh, I, I have,
1: know. I just. I have PTSD. I
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I was do.
1: like, hey, why are they? Which is another acronym. That?
0: Yeah. It, it, Issa isn't as bad as ISIS, I can assure you, as far as the, <laughs> the world is concerned. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think again, it's I feel like we do these episodes and then we just give the event industry more homework, um, you know, as far as things that they need to be cognizant of and aware of. but. Um, It's going to be, you know, like if you have to put something on the back burner that you was a pet project of yours or something that you were, you know, advocating for your industry for social change and things like that, I'm not saying like don't do it, but I'm just saying like we can't really get to where we were until we, you know, cover our bases with some of this, you know, this baseline stuff, Uh, similar to how we talked about in our uh, duty of care episode, uh, which I, you know, I just listened to again, um, we talked about the idea that like most of us got into this industry because it's creative and it allows us the opportunity to work with people and make big changes and there's not a lot of barriers and all that stuff is true and it's fun and it's cool, but like you can't hurt anybody, right? Like that's like the the main thing, like before you could do cool stuff, you know, like having people swallow fire or whatever, you have to understand that like there's, you know, there's ways that we can have people swallow fire and there's people, there's ways that people burn and uh, you know, that you have to know who you hire to do that and who you don't. Uh, so it, it is cool, but like, unless you do it right, all you're doing is, uh, you know, you're making a, you know, you're hurting people and, and like, that's the, I guess we have to go backwards and say, okay, let's, let's get a core competency in this, uh, this new, this other area before we can go back to the real pushing the envelope and doing the coolest stuff. Um, you know, I, I know that sounds like really disappointing to say that honestly. Um, and, and trust me, like I mostly live in the world of doing the cooler stuff, um, as opposed to like the, the tangible things. Like I'm not really in the tangible world. So like for me, this is a real drag. Uh, but I, I really believe that like, unless you, unless you can do no harm, um, it, it really, you know, nothing else that you do, uh, is really worth it. Uh, so, um, Wait,
1: I have a little yeah. call to action for us and a call to action for the uh, listeners. And this will be fun too, who are we were to this kind of like bring together an advisory board for this, like who, who in the event industry comes to mind. And I want each of us to like send that link to that person. And for, you know, the listeners to let us know who, who to reach out to. Or if you have a question and you say someone probably in this segment or in this role or with this company, but we just don't know who let us know. We'll send it to them. But what do you yeah. think? Well, what, what do you, who comes to mind with something like this?
2: Well, I don't know. I have too many got favorite people in the world.
0: Uh, I I think uh, like all seated as an example, uh, an organization that is in venues uh, has the ability and the lead list to impact a ton of people uh, across a lot of the spectrums and is very venue driven. And maybe there is even a way, you know, to like further expand upon uh, what they're doing as far as guidelines and build it into their platform uh, with collaboration with an organization around this too. So that'd be my sandy hammer yeah.
1: agree completely agree with that well anyone comes
2: <sighs> i don't know i almost think like at some point too like you got to put the money and the muscle behind it too it's like some maybe like for example yeah the actual venues themselves like one like marriott for example i, I, agree. I agree as a whole
0: too. yeah i agree i think that some of those things are like dominoes if you get a if you get a big player and that represents a lot of them you know like they they can't they can't the competitors can't afford their uh, a larger uh, organization to uh, have that compliance and them not so that's a really good point i like the idea of like a neutral like I said, like I'll see it mostly because like they're they're not, uh, you know, like a brand. yeah. They're
2: not. You choose myriad, You can't do Hyatt now, right. and you can't do you know. Right, but if but if sort of the thing.
0: first move is somebody who could be, and participate at a venue level, uh, all the different venues, uh, then I think if I were them, uh, and I wanted to you know basically push people in the direction, I would get at least one of the big dogs, uh, and then. You know, they they might not be able to be the face of the organization around it, just because of their you know lack of perceived or or actual real um, what do you call it Uh, uh, fair? I don't know, whatever equal equalness. Um, But like quality, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that's interesting. Who would you pick, Tui? Your idea.
1: I was thinking like maybe a Wolfgang because they also have restaurants but they're a big enough name and they do offsite catering at other venues that have, you know, preferred partnership. And I feel like that would be so, and he has restaurants all over the world. So like maybe a celebrity chef in that sense, you know, we were just talking about like influencers and things like that. But I think that would be something really important because along with events usually comes F and B. So I would, I got you Wolfgang Puck.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great one. I think for two, two main reasons. One, um, like credibility and notoriety for like smaller enterprises that could see themselves, uh, you know, at, at the scale of some of his operations while not, I should say the scale of some of the individual operations, not the scale of his entire operation. And then there's the airport angle as well. Uh, he has a number of airport, or uh, he, you know, the organization in whole has a number of airports. um venues and like a, that's a whole other animal as far as travel uh and maybe that's a window into maybe locking in or having some names or something like that with the airports which would have to be i think part of this in some way some travel element or some understanding of travel sounds good to me huh right. well
1: let's do it let's send it to people let's start like- no,
0: let's, right
2: take, out. Let, let's take some bleach to this and kill it it's so- <laughs> hmm all right no no covid puns today okay Uh, i'm just gonna walk out of this room
1: (laughs) yeah take your cats with you too well thank you both so much no suit for dustin because he is not here um but yeah thank you guys i i honestly learned so much even like from these discussions i feel like you we keep each other on on like what's going on in the world too like in our own little quirky ways and i love that we can just discuss and just chat about it. And we don't have to like be so you know formal. We can just like throw around and interrupt each other and everything. So thank you, Nick. Thank you, Will, for today's episode. And thank you for the listeners. As always, call to action. You can always email us, eventbrew at helloendless.com. You can also use hashtag eventbrew on all your social media platforms. The guy has many other things to tell you. Uh, and... Until next time. Bye.
0: Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.